Good Morning Africa. In today's episode, we look at the cost of building robust health systems on the continent. And M-Pesa, the Kenyan fintech company, has crossed the 50 million monthly users mark. Good Morning Africa. Welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial and you can find me at Ritha Dong. The COVID-19 pandemic has exposed some of the underlying issues in many of our health systems on the continent, but in this, it has also created new momentum for investment in the sector. Dr. Ebere Okereke is a senior public health advisor at the Africa Center for Disease Control, who have been at the forefront in the fight against the pandemic. Here are her thoughts. The WHO defines the building blocks for health systems to include uh, long-term sustainable finance, leadership and governance, workforce, health information, essential medicines and, and delivery mechanisms for health. To be truly robust, the health system must be of a good quality, must be accessible to the population it, who need it, and it must have the trust of, of those people. It also needs to be able to detect and respond in an efficient way to emergencies. COVID-19 has shown that even the health systems in very affluent countries have fallen short of some in some aspects of these characteristics. So to build back better after COVID, we need to put people at the center of all our health plans. In Africa, we need to promote advocacy. Our governments need to be made aware that effective health systems are a priority for their citizens. Health policies should be an election issue. Sadly, too often in African countries, they are not. People just do not um, think that it's important. Not because they don't think health is important, but they don't actually recognize how important it is that there is a government commitment to the, the infrastructure for health systems. So a number one thing we must do is to encourage the citizenry to recognize their responsibility to challenge their governments to have plans for health systems. And we also need, and and this will follow advocacy, we need sustainable and long-term financing that isn't dependent on foreign aid. Too often we rely on foreign aid for the um, health systems that we have. Uh, We need to consider a combination of public and private investment in health systems that are not limited to a single political cycle, so it is sustained and long-term. And finally, as a continent, we must collaborate and seek local solutions. Uh, The delay in access to COVID diagnostics initially and now vaccines is a wake-up call. The only way not to be at the back of the queue is to bring something to the global community. We must harness our own resources. We must coordinate our expertise and capacity to take our place in the research and development and manufacturing of health goods to meet our own needs, but also to contribute to the global pool. So the Conference for Public Health in Africa, for example, is one of the many routes to shine a light on our knowledge, our expertise across the continent, and to promote the building of networks and communities of interest to work towards these solutions. In April of 2001, African countries under the leadership of the African Union met and pledged at least 15% of their annual budget to improve the health sector. This came to be known as the Abuja Health Declaration. By 2020, 19 years after the pledge was made, only two countries have reached this target. The two countries, Rwanda and South Africa, had fulfilled their commitment. So drawing back to this, could the attitudes towards the health sector change? 
The Abuja Declaration is an important declaration of intent. Sadly, over a decade later, we failed to translate that uh, intent into actions. I don't believe all is lost. The pandemic has focused the minds of leaders worldwide and here in Africa on the importance of investing in health as fundamental for development and economic growth. Um, COVID-19 has shown most starkly that you cannot have economic growth or anything else for that matter in the absence of health. So it's my hope that these lessons will be taken on board and that the ambitions of the Abuja Declaration will be implemented. What could be a way forward? Here is Dr. Ibere one more time. We need all hands on deck here. These challenges are not just for health professionals to address alone. We need citizens to advocate for their governments to implement the commitments made in the Abuja Declaration. We need citizens, professionals, journalists, entrepreneurs, philanthropists. We need all of us to work together so that come the next pandemic, and yes, there will be another pandemic, uh, come the next pandemic, we will be better prepared. That was Dr. Ibere Okereke a senior public health advisor at the Africa Center for Disease Control. Now, many of us are very well versed with M-Pesa, the Kenyan fintech platform that was launched by Safaricom and Vodacom in 2007. Well, it continues to grow from strength to strength. And last month, it crossed the 50 million monthly active customers threshold, cementing its position as Africa's largest fintech platform. Head of research at Genghis Capital, Churchill Ogutu expounds on why M-Pesa has become the giant it is now. Thank you, Ruth, for having me. First and foremost, as we look at M-Pesa, it's critical to the Kenyan economy more so. It goes without saying that M-Pesa was rolled 13, 14 years ago in the Kenyan economy. Initially, it was just a peer-to-peer transfer uh, system, but you've seen leaps and bounds uh, within the other additional products within the M-Pesa ecosystem. Pre-M-Pesa, what used to happen, the financial inclusion was quite low in the country. And over and above that, people used to associate it with just having a bank account. But then enter M-Pesa, where we've been seeing people even saving through their M-Pesa wallet. And that has also enabled financial inclusivity. Right now, even in some remote parts of the Kenyan, People who don't have access to bank accounts, they have been included within the financial ecosystem thanks to M-Pesa. And also we've seen linkages with other service providers. M-Pesa could easily be the third largest bank in Kenya. But with banks, rather than seeing M-Pesa and also Safaricom as a threat, what they have done, they have embraced it and also integrated M-Pesa within their channels, whereby you can be able to even bank using your M-Pesa wallet. We've also seen in a massive way integration of M-Pesa with retailers and also merchants. And that is through the Lepana M-Pesa platform. So far, the last statistics we have is that over 300,000 merchants have been registered in the Lepana M-Pesa platform. So that is another growth area uh, that has also propelled M-Pesa to where it is. Finally, uh, two months ago, M-Pesa rolled out a super app whereby it's a one-stop shop mirroring other apps mostly that are hub in the China market. Uh, so the idea behind a super app is to be able to bring other like-minded either financial services providers or even other retailers providers within that M-Pesa ecosystem. So it's a one-stop app. 
and we've seen numbers grow. The last time we checked, under two months, that app had already clocked 2 billion registered users. So that is also another growth area. Uh, looking at now the broader context about the M-Pesa Africa, this is a joint venture between Safaricom and its parent company. This is Vodacom. So it's essentially now to roll it out to the wider continent. Uh, Safaricom is not just in Kenya, but it's also available in other countries. So that M-Pesa Africa, it used to be domiciled in Vodafone, but now it was brought home through this now joint venture between Safaricom and Vodafone. So that's the M-Pesa Africa. That's where we saw the numbers clocking 50 million. But having said that, the lion share of that is from the Kenyan market. But I think that as the strategy uh, is now to be a Pan-African focus, we'll see it having success in the markets that uh, M-Pesa is currently. So that uh, should be something uh, as a future strategy. Uh, I have to close by looking at the numbers, uh, M-Pesa revenue. In the last financial year, this is the financial year for the year ending March 2021, Revenues from M-Pesa was 83 billion shillings. So that's around 800, and, uh, 800 million dollars. Uh, and that accounted to 33% of the overall service revenue uh, to Safaricom. So that's just telling us how over the years, M-Pesa has come to account for the lounge share. And as it gets into other markets, this share of uh, M-Pesa revenue will also eclipse other service revenue, such as voice revenue, mobile data revenue, and also handsets revenue. That has been propelled by deposits, uh, transfers, uh, payments, and also withdrawals. So I still see that as it gets embraced as it rolls into other markets, it will be able to grow this share of uh, service revenue. That was Churchill Gutu, the head of research at Genghis Capital from Nairobi, Kenya. A quick look at the markets on the continent. Tanzania's treasury bonds auction has been undersubscribed for the second consecutive time, this time by as much as 7.25%. The East African country continues to grapple with weak investor appetite. In Mauritius, based on the CPI report published by Statistics Mauritius yesterday, headline inflation reached 3% for 12 months ended August 2021. Consumer price index rose by 0.4% between July and August 2021. While vegetables fell by 0.4, index points showing signs of a return to pre-pandemic levels in terms of cost of living. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have any suggestions or want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me on Twitter at Withadong. Hold up. 